Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Kevin Allerman uh, of System 4. Uh, before we move forward with the show, I thought I'd tell everyone a little bit about some of the shows that are coming up next week and the week in subsequent weeks. Next Thursday, we're going to have Sister Jean Benet, president of DePaul Christo High School in Cincinnati. That's a work-study program for high school students. And on Friday, a week from today, we're going to have Ben Moore of Agent Technologies. His company creates software-as-a-service programs. Uh, Two of the ones we'll be talking about are the XRP software, uh, which is a CRM and ERP system. And I'll be talking about his new book. On Thursday, the 2nd of May, we're going to have Janelle Ross from uh, Bob Ross Auto Group. She owns a number of dealerships, including the Mercedes-Benz dealership in Centerville, Ohio. On Friday the 3rd, we're going to have Les Foltz from Cincinnati Maintenance. He's going to be talking about the proper ways to maintain carpets. Following week, we're going to have Jim Steger, the president of Integrity Express Logistics. Then on Friday the 10th, we're going to have Alfonso Canejo, the president of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. And we have a, a number of other great great shows coming up uh, later in May and June. May 22nd, we have a another one-day cold call camp scheduled. If you or your sales team would benefit from getting past the gatekeeper, getting a prospect engaged in a conversation, avoiding, avoiding getting stuck in voicemail jail, and looking for ways to make cold calling a more productive activity, give us a call here at 513-753-9400. Speak to me or Carmen and tell us you heard about the cold call camp on the radio show for a special offer. And we do have a new round of the eight-session Sandler Foundations program starting May 8th. If you are a Sandler client and want to become a certified bronze Sandler professional, uh, you'll, you will need to sign up for those classes, and they will count towards your certification. Okay. Tell you a little bit about Kevin. Again, Kevin, thanks for joining me. Kevin uh, began his career at United States Steel Corporation in 1979 in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, served in their maintenance operation and operations and in middle, middle management roles in the steel division. He joined the company's chemical division in 1984, where for the next seven years he served a number of maintenance, operations and sales, and product management roles. In 1986, 
the United States Steel Chemical Division became Aristec, right? Chemical Corporation, and recognized as expert in product, process, and service in- initiatives. In 1991, Kevin was named the corporate manager of ISO, successfully leading the Aristec Chemical Corporation to the initial ISO 9002 registration. In 93, he was appointed plant manager of the company's acrylic sheet division in Florence, Kentucky, and that's when you moved to Cincinnati? That's correct. 1993. Yep, uh, 20 years ago. Okay. I came here in 1992, so I only beat you by about a year. Yeah, I was only supposed to be here be here for two years. Yeah, th- th- That's what my wife said to me. <laughs> if you don't like Cincinnati, we can leave in two years. Yep. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. 20-plus years later. It must say something positive, Kevin, about the the Cincinnati environment. Yes, it does. Okay. As a plant manager there, you led $80 million capital expansion of production, a significant growth initiative. Uh, Kevin was then promoted to vice president of sales and marketing in 2002, went through an advanced management program at Harvard uh, Business School, and in June of 2002, he was appointed president of Aristec Acrylics, LLC. Uh, does that mean like the company got spun off? Yeah, we uh, actually became our own company. We were strong enough to be uh, our own company. Hmm. After various executive and management roles, Kevin, in, in 2004, became the master franchise E and owner of System 4. And that started in April of uh, 2005. As the master franchisee owner in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, Dayton, Springfield, Columbus, Louisville, Lexington, Indianapolis, South Bend, Kevin is continuing to grow uh, the business actively. Uh, Kevin has a a bachelor's degree of science in mechanical engineering from uh, Penn State and an MBA from the University of uh, Pittsburgh. Kevin, why don't you... uh, Tell uh, members of our audience why you went from the acrylics plastics industry into the uh, janitorial business in 2004-2005. Sure, Mike. Uh, first of all, thanks for uh, inviting us out here today and get a chance to talk uh, talk to you about uh, various uh, relevant business topics. Um what uh, had occurred uh, when I was at Aristec is uh, the ownership, which was Mitsubishi Chemical in Japan, uh, decided that they were going to divest their ownership positions here in the United States. They had already divested of the the larger piece, which was the basic chemicals piece, which got split up among three or four different chemical companies here in the United States. And uh, we ended up being the crown jewel, quite honestly. Um, uh, the chemical industry is going through a tough time back uh, in that period. Uh, on the other hand, we were doing uh, more than exceptionally well. We were running a $150 million company that was a $23 million EBITDA. Mm, you know, gross margins were in the high 40s, low 50% range. So it was very profitable business. So Mitsubishi decided that they were going to div- divest uh, our situation and uh, 
in that process, uh, they found a buyer, and I uh, functionally uh, became eliminated from my position and uh, so had to go out and uh, decide what I was going to do for the next uh, 30 years of my life. Okay, and that happens to a, a lot of people in corporate America. Yep, it does. And so you bought into this uh, franchise business, uh, System 4. That's right. And how many operating franchises did they have when you bought in? None. Zero. That's a scary place to be. Yeah. You know, whenever I started with System 4, System 4 was basically a uh, startup company itself, startup mm -hmm. franchise. Right. And uh, I was the first uh, that did this. Uh, they did have some operations in Cleveland, but it was as them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'd say that that doesn't count. Yeah, th that was the company store. That was the company store. That's right. But uh, I was the first uh, that did it for System 4 outside of the uh, company store, correct? Okay. And you have a, an extremely large operating territory. That's right. Covering three states? That's correct. Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Yes. How many business operation cities do you have where you, where you actually uh, can provide janitorial services in? Well, uh, all the ones that you mentioned, uh, quite frankly. I mean, uh, we have a large office here in Cincinnati. Actually, it's in northern Kentucky in Fort Wright. We have a fairly decent size office in Columbus. My uh, Our Columbus operation is uh, just about as big as our Cincinnati operation now. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was three years behind uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati started up in 2005 and uh, Columbus uh, 2008, effectively. Mm -hmm. But then we also have operations in Louisville, Lexington, Indianapolis, as well as uh, Springfield, Dayton, and South Bend, Indiana. We have ongoing activities there. Mm-hmm. Do you have the whole state of Indiana? Yeah, basically, yes. I mean, uh, you know, in our business, we have to go by where the population is. So when you take a look at the population of the state of Indiana, you really only have two or three large centers. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis mm -hmm. Naturally. and the surrounding counties to Marion County and so forth. Then the South Bend Elkhart area, which is a little smaller, and well, much smaller than Indianapolis. And then uh, you go to the south, and you say, well, what's in the southern part of Indiana? Well, the Floyd and Clark counties, which are across the river from Louisville, are the bedroom communities for Louisville. Mm -hmm. So there's a fairly significant business presence there, too. Uh, we certainly have some operations in uh, what we'll call the southeast corner of Indiana, which would be the Lawrenceburg area, but uh, that's, a, that's a little bit smaller. And that's really almost a spin-off of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. For all intent purposes, yes. Mm -hmm. Are you in uh, Evansville? Uh, Evansville, Indiana, no. We we haven't gone that far. Mm -hmm. I can understand why. <laughs> we used to do business in Evansville. Yeah, that's that's a little bit. Uh, that would be a little bit of a stretch. I found it so hard to get to Evansville. We tried flying there. Mm -hmm. You can't. Yeah. That's difficult. Yeah, even with a private aircraft, this is yeah. the way I did it difficult. Still took four hours. I used to go into Evansville a lot in my uh, previous business with the chemical side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why don't you uh, tell our audience a little bit more about System 4 and what makes them different? Sure. Well, I guess uh, we'll just start up at the top. System 4 is a full-service uh, commercial cleaning uh, company. Uh, so you say, what does full-service mean? Full-service means that we provide the basic uh, office 
cleaning activities, such as vacuuming, dusting, the removal of trash, and servicing restrooms. But we also provide a large uh, quantity of special services, uh, stripping and waxing of vinyl tile floors, machine scrubbing, ceramic floors, carpet cleaning, window cleaning. We get involved in construction cleans, uh, new startup businesses and so forth will come in right after the contractor is done and we'll do a uh, cleanup in order to get them ready to open up their doors. Also, move-out cleans. So there's a lot of different types of business uh, activities that we have uh, at uh, at System 4. Mm-hmm. So you, you do uh, restaurants? We do just about anything that you can think of. Uh, restaurants, apartments, uh, schools, banks, fitness centers, bowling alleys, uh, doctor's offices, lawyer's offices, uh, various medical facilities, car dealerships. Uh, yeah, I, 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 it's probably easier for me to talk about what we don't get involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't get involved in large office buildings uh, like you would have in downtown Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I can understand that. Uh, Kevin, we're going to take a uh, – Kevin has actually agreed to uh, take calls, uh, so if you want to – Ask Kevin a question. The number is 646-595-4916. And we can only screen the calls during the uh, commercial breaks. We're going to listen to a uh, a short conversation I had with uh, Tom Manning. Tom and I are going to be doing a series of marketing and sales seminars in Columbus, Ohio, in May, June, and July. So let's see what what Tom has to say. Mike, I'm so excited because we're finally going to give the medium-sized company, company that's between $1 million and $20 million in revenue, the marketing and sales strategy that they've been looking for and needing for years. We're going to help them do it in just three days. Day one is going to be talking about sales and marketing strategy. Day two is tactics. And day three are action plans, helping you figure out how to get it done. And at a bargain price, too. I don't know about you, Mike, but I normally charge $5,000 for a marketing plan. How much do you charge for a good sales plan? It's not unusual to see figures like ten or $15,000. Exactly. Well, because this is invitation-only, private, hands-on workshop that we are doing for business owners and presidents and CEOs, that we are actually limiting the participation to just 25 companies, and they're going to bring their existing marketing and sales materials with them. Then we're going to show them how to improve their marketing and sales strategies, tactics, and action plans over the three days. And it's only going to cost less than $2,000. And that's including breakfast, lunch, and our personal consulting and coaching. I think it's a pretty good bargain, don't you? Excellent. Well, and to make it even easier for business owners to make it, we actually have spread the sessions out over three different months. So last Wednesday. Tom, how do they find out about it? Go to marketleaders.us. Marketleaders.us is that simple. It's that simple. Go there, and we explain all the different sessions and break it down for you. And that's where you can go to register, sign up. First one starts Wednesday, May 29th. Next one is Wednesday, June 26th. After all three days, you're going to have an outline for your whole marketing and sales strategy for 2013. Tom, what should they do if they can't make one of those dates? No problem. If you can't make one of the dates, just call me directly, and we'll make some special arrangements. You can reach me at 614-622-1047. Thanks, Tom.
This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Kevin Alleman. Kevin, if someone wants to uh, talk to you or a member of your staff about System 4's janitorial services, how do they get a hold of you? Well, the best way would uh, certainly be to uh, give us a call or send us an email. Uh, phone number would be uh, 859-363-4444. Uh, or they can reach us uh, through my direct email, which would be uh, kalleman at system4usa.com. Great. Uh, Kevin, uh, why don't you uh, share with uh, our audience what you think the unique marketing advantage is uh, that System 4 brings that uh, people can't get anyplace else? Sure, Mike. Uh, again, appreciate uh, you asking that question because there are some things that make uh, certainly a distinction between what System 4 does and some of our uh, competition. I think one of it uh, is which is that as the master franchise owner, I can run this business the way I want to run it. There's no uh, corporate... Uh, mandate or uh, direction, instructions, and so forth that uh, the majority of the competitors that we run up against uh, have to have to do. That allows us to be fairly nimble uh, with respect to the services that we provide and uh, how we approach the uh, the marketplace. So I think that's that that from a philosophical perspective that uh, that drives what we do in our business. When we get down sort of into the minutia, uh, <clears throat> I think um, how we work with our franchise owners, uh, support that we provide our franchise owners, not just in terms of uh, training and equipment and things like that, but also support activities as they're getting into uh, issues with their customers and so forth, how we help them support uh, and grow their business. And that's, that is what we do. That's what our mandate is, is to help our franchise owners grow their business. I think uh, on the company side, uh, how we work with our, our you know, the customers, uh, our operation staff specifically, um, uh, balancing that relationship between the franchise owner and the customer, um, how we interact with uh, both the franchise owner and the customer. Uh, I, I, I think we set the tone uh, with respect to uh, how we approach the market. So you say, well, <clears throat> how do you know that that makes us different? Well, anecdotally, I get a lot of feedback from people, particularly people who want to come in and talk to me about uh, franchising, mm -hmm. uh, who have uh, worked with other companies, uh, not just here in Cincinnati, but in Columbus, Indianapolis, and Louisville. And Recognize it's anecdotal information, but you know, after eight years and you keep hearing the same thing over and over and over again, mm -hmm. uh, something suggests that we're doing something right. Yeah, you get to you get to know your competition by what you're hearing from other people in the marketplace. That's correct. Uh, so, is it the operational quality control that, that you guys have? We have a separate department to do that. Yes, that's correct. Uh, we do have an operations staff, and you know, again, what, what their role is is to uh, support the franchise owners mm -hmm. to ensure that the franchise owners have their, all the tools and so forth that they, they need. Um, you know, all of this is really supported by 
uh, a fairly sophisticated uh, customer relations management uh, system and process, which allows us to keep uh, very accurate uh, uh, tabs on everything that's going on with our accounts. You know, from a technology perspective, I'll put our technology up against any of our competitors. I think that uh, we have the ability to act and respond to uh, customer issues, concerns, uh, or inquiries f faster, a little bit faster than our competition does. Um, that's a differentiating factor in this very competitive environment that we find ourselves in. So your operations department can talk directly through to the uh, franchise in Indianapolis? That's correct. Yeah, without wherever without they, having to get them on a phone, they can yeah. talk to them through the CRM system. That's exactly right, <clears throat> and that's how a lot of uh, our our communications uh, works. Uh, we also have a, a fairly strong uh, communications process between the customers and the franchise owners. You know, the franchise owners are independent business people. Uh, it's up to them to do the customer service as well as the quality assurance activities with the customers. Uh, so one of the things that we uh, certainly work hard with with our franchise owners is to develop a relationship between them and the and their customer. It's it's essential that they do. Mm -hmm. My most my most successful franchise owners are those who talk to their customers on a regular basis, <clears throat> uh, submit their customer service uh, uh, cards to the customer, and get feedback direct feedback face-to-face -face, uh, from the customer. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. uh, so th that's a suggestion or a requirement from System 4 to the people who are actually doing the cleaning on the end-user facilities. It's a, it's a suggestion. You know, again, these are independent business people. They can drive their business however they want to. Mm -hmm. uh, some choose to do it and some don't. Uh, you know, our view is is that we provide the tools for our franchise owners to be successful. Mm -hmm. uh, just like any franchise, you develop a model, and uh, so you look for your franchise owners to follow that model. Well, some do and some don't. Um, some do and they're successful. Some don't, but they're still successful because they develop some of their own means to, you know, be mm -hmm. successful. But the one thing that we do know is that those who don't follow the model. Uh, can struggle. Mm -hmm. They can have problems. Do they wind up leaving the business? Uh, some of them will wind up leaving the business. Uh, you know, I think most people who come into commercial cleaning franchising, <clears throat> they come in with the aura that uh, <clears throat> that business is easy, that having your own business is is an easy task. Uh, it's work. I mean, when you have your own business. It's a lot of hard work, and a lot of times it's a almost a twenty four seven activity. You know, it's interesting you mentioned mm -hmm. that because uh, a few years ago we did a, uh, a I'm going to call it a double blind study about the amount of hours uh, people in a Fortune 1000 technical sales company were actually putting in, mm -hmm. and the average on unsuccessful salespeople was fifty five hours. I guess how many hours it was for the customer service reps in the same company. Uh, go ahead. I'll let you. It's probably 
I don't know, 60, maybe? No, seven. customer service reps. Oh, customer service reps. Mm-hmm. Um, they were putting in 40. 40 hours? <clears throat> okay. Uh, guess what the management time range was? Now, naturally, the sample of managers was much smaller. I know what I do. I mean, my average work week is going to be in excess of 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a little bit on the high side. Right. In this Fortune one, uh, 100 company, uh, the number was about 65 hours on the management team. All you have to do is ask my wife. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You never sleep. I never sleep. Uh, sleep is a character flaw. Sleep is a character flaw. <laughs> I know. I bought a special computer cause, so that I could easily use it. Right. Any place I am. Now, I think people have, uh, a lot of folks have misconception, and it's whether it's me or, or franchise owners, they have misconception on business ownership and what business owners do. I think they think they, uh, people think they drive around in big cars, they live in big houses, and they play golf all the time. Well, they may, they may live in big houses, they yeah. may drive around in big cars. Uh, there are extremely few that play golf all the time. That's right. I will... You know, I tell you, I probably have four or five hundred clients over the, over the years, but I can only think of one that plays golf all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how he gets away with that? Uh, has his son run his business? <laughs> uh, he semi-retired oh, okay. a few years ago, right. moved to Florida. He sells financial services, money under management, and every day of the week he goes to a new golf course mm-hmm. and tries to find, attempts to find a threesome of doctors that are retired doctors Mm -hmm. who are actually prospects for him. So playing golf is a prospecting activity. For him. For him. There you go. Yeah, as long as he can do it. It's it's a great idea. I'm sure he finds some clients out there. He does. He does. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Again, if you uh, want to call Kevin, we can screen the calls during the commercial break. The number is 646-595-4916. We're going to take one more question for you, Kevin, before... uh, we we go to break. Why don't you tell the uh, the folks about how you go to market? How do you find uh, companies that are uh, anxious to have a new cleaning company come in? Sure. Uh, certainly, we have uh, like any other company. We have uh, a phone presence, uh, you know, through the phone book and so forth. We have an internet presence. Uh, certainly have that. But uh, our business model is really set up on us going out and touching prospects. We call them suspects, naturally, until Mm -hmm. they decide that they're going to do something with us. So uh, the primary focus is through telemarketing process. Um, I prefer to call my telemarketers inside sales personnel, but it is a telemarketing function whereby we make outbound phone calls to businesses and talk to them about how they clean their facility. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, my uh, outside salespeople, their responsibility is to run the meetings that are set for the uh, outside salespeople by the inside salespeople. Uh, and also their uh, responsibility is to generate some of their own cold call activity by doing walk-in cold calls, uh, face-to-face meetings, uh, even some of their own telemarketing uh, cold calls. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a uh, short break here, and we're going to be back in about 
two minutes. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is, their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house, Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Kevin Alleman of System 4. Kevin, let's talk about going to market. You became a Sandler client about a year ago. Fair? Uh, actually, Mike, it's coming up on two years here in May. Two years? Yeah, hmm. it's going to be two years. Hmm. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I was going by the, uh, the number of weekly cold call click clinics that we've run with your people, and I thought we were up to number 72. Yeah, we were 72, but we've had some you know, weekends off. We, we had off some weeks off in there. <clears throat> we didn't get started with that right away. You know, when we got that. But, uh, no, we're coming up on two years here in May. Okay. Maybe you can give us a a picture of before and after. Sure. Uh, You know, whenever we reached out to you regarding uh, our sales process, um, that's exactly what we didn't have. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a sales process. And, uh, you know, I'm not a sales professional. You know, you look at my background and all the things that I'd gotten involved in with uh, Aristec and Aristec Chemical and U.S. Steel prior to that, it was basically all uh, operations activities. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my strength was operations, back office, uh, you know, those kinds of things. Basically, the, some of the parts that people don't like to do where there's problems. Um, that's where my uh, my engineering training comes in because I like to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I had no strength in sales, and uh, you know we had some we had some some tough years there. Certainly, uh, some of it was related to the uh, economic downturn, which started in the latter part of uh, of uh, 2008. Mm-hmm. But uh, I could see that we weren't going to get out of this anytime soon. 
Mm -hmm. And certainly history is starting to prove that to be the case. Now, I'm not going to say that I'm a good forecaster, but one of the things that I knew was that we had to do something different. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, I remember 2008 well. I I had a meeting with a couple of members of my staff, and one of the guys said, this is the new reality. Mike, we can't do what we were doing before. That's right. So we changed here uh, to move from survival to thriving. That's right. And in your company, 2008, 2009, did you lose any customers because they ceased to do business? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, back at that time, because uh, this was a a financial crisis that had really occurred, uh, we had uh, some customers that uh, the banks pulled their line of credit. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, for small business, for a bank to pull the line of credit, they're out of business mm. because uh, many companies work uh, like in an accordion fashion off of their line of credit. Mm-hmm. They use it when they need it. They put it back, but then they need it and they put it back. You eliminate that lifeline. They're out basically, of business. They're out of business. So, yeah, we we lost some, but, you know, that's the other interesting piece about about our business and our industry is that we're a highly consumable service. And uh, even if, while we're not recession-proof, our business is recession-resistant because even if a company does slow down, a customer of ours, uh, we still continue to clean at some level. Mm -hmm. So what was interesting is while a lot of folks were losing their job back in the latter part of 2008, a lot of my franchise owners were smiling because their income was still there. And they saw that uh, they would have been unemployed otherwise if they had stayed in some of the types of businesses that they had. Additionally to that, I had a number of people that started knocking on my door in uh, late 2008, 2009, because they had lost their jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they wanted to step back into the cleaning industry. Uh, that's also where we saw a pretty strong competitive situation because when folks become unemployed, then they get into business working out of the back of the trunk of their car and start cleaning buildings and offices and things like that for somebody that they know who gave them that opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean... Uh, that was that was a tough tough period, and I I knew we had to do something different. Um, the analogy that I use, and I think this is a part of one of your commercials, is that you know back prior to 2008, <clears throat> uh, business. I'm not going to say it was easy, but uh, you were picking the low hanging fruit. You were picking the apples while you were able to stand on the ground or mm-hmm. pick up the apples as soon as they hit the ground. Sure, but uh, after 2008. There were no more apples right at the bottom of the tree. And so we had to learn how to climb the tree. And that's the analogy that I like to use with what we're doing with Roth and Associates and Sandler, mm-hmm. is that we're learning how to climb the tree because the fruit is still there. It's just higher up in the tree. Higher up in the tree. Sometimes it's in a whole different tree. Yeah. And so uh, we're having to learn how to uh, how to climb the tree and pick the fruit. Mm-hmm. So uh, in, in the two groups that we work heavily with, you have the inside telesales people, 
who don't actually sell anything over the phone, but really set up set up meetings for the outside salespeople. That's correct. We had some significant turnover, didn't we? Uh, yes, we've had some significant turnover, and that's to be expected. Mm-hmm. To be expected. Mm-hmm. And yet we do have one one gentleman who's been with you for... Uh, Since uh, the early part of 2008, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's growing dramatically. Uh, significantly, yes. Yeah, we've seen some actually radical growth over the last month. Uh, yes, we have. Other people who couldn't change and grow, we found more suitable replacements who could do the job. That is, that is correct. Built a whole stronger team. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And continuing to build the team. Right. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about the outside salespeople. Well, the outside sales uh, people, too, have uh, undergone uh, you know, a changeover uh, mm-hmm. to a degree with a couple of exceptions. Uh, and certainly uh, their participation with... Uh, uh, Sandler Selling System and Roth and Associates uh, starting to see that growth too. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, and uh, one gentleman that I have uh, has embraced this uh, completely and uh, starting to utilize the uh, tools that uh, he's being provided and seeing some success. And then I think the other interesting thing is, uh, you know, we had a gentleman who left our organization uh, a while back and decided to come back, and one of the reasons he wanted to come back was to participate uh, in Sandler Selling System and uh, with Roth and Associates. Yeah, he was kind of dying without the training. He was dying without it. And hopefully we'll get him to uh, thriving Absolutely, we will. A little bit later this There's year. no question about it. Failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. Uh, what are the opportunities and possibilities that you see in the market, Kevin? Well, you know, with our market, uh, I see nothing but opportunity. Uh, I really don't see any limitations except for some of the things that, uh, you know, I talked about before. There are some businesses that we prefer not to be in uh, just because of the nature of the beast and uh, trying to find people who, franchise owners who want to take on some of those challenges. And then the larger buildings and so forth that, uh become difficult for us. But uh, I see nothing but opportunity in front of us. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, essentially the uh, the entire market in Cincinnati, all the cities that we service, is is, is open field for us. Mm-hmm. And even if they have a, a cleaning service, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're happy with that service. doesn't necessarily mean they're getting all the services that they would like to have for the pricing structure that uh, they're at doesn't necessarily mean that they're at the appropriate pricing structure for the marketplace either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, we had a, I learned something this year from another one of our guests in a construction, construction trade. Uh, what he called his company was a merit-based company as opposed to a non-union. Okay. And it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks that when you look at it that way, it's merit-based all of a sudden, the merit-based company has a large competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd like to look at System 4 as a merit-based company. Well, I think you, you can, certainly with the people who work directly for me in terms of inside sales, outside sales, as well as the operations staff. Uh, the rewards that come to them uh, come through uh, 
the performance, mm-hmm. and not just their individual performance. Well, even, even the franchisees and the people in the franchisees organizations, uh, they are merit-based. I was just getting ready to say there's no, no question that they're merit-based in that uh, uh, once once a franchise owner comes on board with System 4 and uh, we fulfill our obligations, it's really up to them to be able to demonstrate that they can continue to grow their business. So um, as they continue to grow, they take on more accounts and more accounts and more accounts, and they continue to grow. And uh, some people have the ability to grow to pretty lofty levels, and some franchise owners don't. Mm -hmm. Maybe some don't want to. Right. So in that regard, it is a merit-based program that the more effort that they put into it, the... uh, better that they are at it, the more money they make. Hmm. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Uh, when you uh, have a merit-based company, to me it looks like a company that's going to be stri- uh, more strategically correct in making decisions to be more efficient uh, for themselves and their and their clients. Uh when you uh, look at the marketplace now, do you see any obstacles in in your path? I think the uh, primary op- obstacle that I see is um, continued uh, competitive pressures with respect to uh, to pricing. Um, you know, we're uh, we're in, we're in a situation where you're kind of getting squeezed. You know, people. Folks talk about uh, there's no inflation out in the out in the marketplace, the environment right now. Well, <clears throat> I understand that based the way the government calculates inflation, okay, there's little to no inflationary pressures. Having said that, when you take a look at the things that uh, our franchise owners need to do in order to execute their work effectively, there are some rather significant inflationary pressures that are going on with them. Certainly, uh, fuel. Fuel? Because they have to drive around. Uh, second, um, they have to eat and they mm-hmm. have to provide themselves with, uh, you know, food and housing and things like that. Well, near as I know, price of food's been going up, clothing's been going up. You have all these other kinds of uh, things that are going insurance. up. Price insurance is going up. Uh, they're going to run into issues coming up here soon with medical insurance. So, you know, we see pricing, see cost escalation activities. And keep in mind, since our franchise owners, independent business people, to them this is an expense. Mm-hmm. So the question becomes: Is where does the additional revenue come to be able to help them offset these additional expenses? And uh, that's a dilemma that I see coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you think everyone in the marketplace will raise prices to cover the cost of goods and services they need to purchase to run their businesses? I think at some point in time that has to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I understand that because uh, the unemployment uh, situation is where it is right now, that's Part of the reason why we don't have inflation moving in the wrong direction from what we want it to be. Uh, but by the same token, people are going to be able to only work 
so long at the uh, you know expense structure that they're at before we're going to need to start increasing some uh, some revenues at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And it'll happen across the uh, entire economy. It'll be for everybody. It's not going to be just for us. Right. Right. Kevin, we're going to take a another short commercial break. If you have a question for Kevin, this will be your last chance to call in at six four six five nine five four nine one six. We're going to listen to uh, Jimmy Ham talk about uh, Cincinnati's newest, fastest-growing networking organization, Tip Club. Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. This month we will meet on Thursday, April 18th. If you'd like to reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab. Then just scroll down the list of events until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 1-800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you on the 18th. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Kevin Alleman. Kevin, why don't you uh, share with uh, our listeners what the strategy is that you think a small business like yours should be using on the Internet to generate new leads? Well, I think, Mike, it depends on naturally the type of business that you have. Uh, uh, Certainly, as I I mentioned, our business is more of a reach-out business, so you know where we spend our sales and marketing dollars is on the uh, telemarketing side, and you know where we reach out. And I mean, we've got a fairly sophisticated process uh, that that we employ. Uh, by the same token, uh, we get uh, internet leads uh, for both franchise owners as well as uh, for customers uh, that come through us. And uh, the way we do that, uh, certainly uh, we've got our name out there. And, ourselves on the various uh, search engines and things like that and uh that's how we get we get our leads that come into us do you uh, uh, do your own search engine optimization or is that mm-hmm. done on the outside for you that's all done on the outside for us uh by uh by others mhm mhm uh, so are you satisfied with what's happening 
Yeah, I um, I think so. You know, uh, <clears throat> this was a subject that we had actually were talking about this morning that, uh, you know, our customer leads that come in are exceptionally qualified. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to say 95 to 98% uh, we close when they come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the franchise side, it's a little different story. We get a lot of a lot of tire kickers, so to speak. So we have to go through a lot. Uh, you know that uh, that's probably a lot lower. I'm going to say in the ten percent range. Mm. Okay, uh, but nonetheless, we need those leads. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe you can give our listeners uh, who are. CEOs or company presidents like yourself, Kevin, a couple of leadership tips that will help them in growing uh, their businesses and companies. Well, you know, I don't know that I'm the right guy to talk about leadership, Mike, but <laughs> well, certainly. Well, you, read, you led several groups out at U.S. Steel. Uh, yeah, we did. And uh-huh. You know, it, it really comes down to the, to the, the people that you have in your organization. At the end of the day, you know, I I can work 80-plus hours a week, but I can't make it all happen. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the one thing that you start to realize as you start to grow a business, uh, that uh, you run out of uh, time and energy uh, during the course of a day, a week, and a month, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes money's not the issue. It's uh, those other two pieces. To me... uh, Business thrives on three things uh, with the leader: the, you know, the time, the energy, and the money part. So uh, when you start running out of time and uh, en- energy, you've got to have uh, people that can uh, that can pick up the pieces. And I think that that's a that's a long process. You know, uh, when I was with uh, U.S. Steel and and Aris Tech Chemical and then Aris Tech Acrylics, keep in mind these were exceptionally mature. Industries and businesses mm-hmm. that were thirty-year-plus businesses. So over time, they were able to grow that managerial structure that was in place that allowed the uh, you know the business to grow. And and quite honestly, it was kind of interesting because I think I had an easier time managing four hundred and ten people at Aristec Acrylics than I do running fifteen or seventeen. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that. You know, we've got 110, 15 franchise owners, and uh, they're not uh, employees, but they do have needs. I mean, they're business owners, and they do have needs. I mean, that's that's what they expect from us is to support them. Mm-hmm. So we start that magnification process, and uh, it can be a pretty busy day. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, my view is is that, uh, you know, while we've been in business for eight years, it's been a young eight years, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we're still building. Uh, we're still building. I think we'll be building for a long time. So, from a leadership point of view, I think the most important thing is is uh, taking a look at where you want to go. Certainly, having a strategic plan as to what you want to do, mm-hmm. uh, ensuring that you stay on course with that plan. And uh, don't be afraid to take risk along the way. Don't be afraid to say, you know what, uh, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to say, you know, we're we're probably not doing something quite the right way, and uh, we need to make some adjustments. 
Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, when when we started with, uh, you know, yourself with uh, Sandler and, and Roth and Associates, that was a strategic move that mm-hmm. I made, and one that I said, uh, you know, we're going we're going to stay here. You know, in that uh, I had been with some big companies, I saw a lot of the flavors of the month and the year mm-hmm. programs that came along. Oh yeah, the set, the sales flavor of the of the week or the year, and um, since in in some of those cases I was at the employee as well as maybe the middle management level, uh, the things that I heard there, and uh, you know anyone who's an employee who's listening today will understand that this and say, yeah, well you know we'll just do what they want us to do because in three or four months this will all go away and we'll be right back to where we were. Hey. I was there as an employee. I, I sat through those programs, those impact training programs that didn't work. Uh, unfortunately, I was also the guy at some companies that, that bought the $20,000 speaker to come in for the one-day annual kickoff meeting. Yep. And a month later, when I visited my sales guy, Dan, and Lewis, and he couldn't repeat things I paid $20,000 for. I was angry. That's right. I called this meeting. This was uh, very early on in the VCR age. I uh, brought in VCR equipment, and we recorded that meeting. It was painful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I re- that was the beginning of my realization that when you're dealing with human beings and sales teams, the only way they learn is long-term positive reinforcement. It's got to be incremental. It's got to be relevant. And sometimes it's actually coached because people learn differently. That's right. And you see, that's that's where I think we're we're at right now. And I, you know, when we started this uh, two years ago, I I think we probably had some, you know, some uh, some team members that uh, maybe uh, thought, you know, well, this will go away. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what? They went away. They went away. Because uh, my view was we we needed. We needed to put a process in place that was going to be long-lasting. Long-lasting, replicatable, right. trainable, uh, and in, in companies all over the country, we've made uh, dramatic strides. Uh, this year's uh, Sandler, Client, uh, Sandler Client Summit in Orlando about a month ago uh, w- w- was absolutely amazing. We had 700 uh, people down there, uh, way over 350 clients, talking to one another about what they'd done using the Sandler selling process, right. using the Sandler management process. Um, next year, first weekend, uh, last few days, I think it's a, it might be the 13th or 14th of March. Uh, as we get closer to the date, I'll be able to announce that. Client Summit will have probably a thousand people, and it'll still be about the same three hundred from Sandler, but the number of clients uh, will be increasing. Well, I think uh, just uh, real quick, and I know we're probably going to be running short on time here. You know, since we started this process, one of the things that uh, this process has allowed me to do—you talk about replicatable and repeatable—is that um, we now have the ability to onboard people faster 
Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to take a look at new hires and see if they're right for us and if we're right for them faster than we were before. Mm-hmm. If they get through the, the prospective employee process, get hired within, what, 30 days? You That's know, right. Within or less. Within, it can even be less than 30 days, but 30 to 45 days. And that doesn't make them bad individuals. It just mm-hmm. doesn't make that it's a match with what we do. It's that simple. What you do, how you do it, and the job that you need to get done. Cover. That's right. The base that you have to cover. At the end of the day, we have business objectives that we need to, to make. And, uh, you know, I look at the people that work for me. Uh, they're 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 my stockholders. They're my stakeholders, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we need to have a thriving business for them. They're counting on our success. Their families are counting on our success. And to be successful in business today, you need to have the right people doing the right job. Second, you have to have the right process. Sailors, the psychological selling process and management process. And third, you have to have some unique strategies. And uh, I help each one of my clients with some unique strategies. Kevin, thanks again for uh, being with us today. Thank you, Mike. In appreciation, I'm going to give you one of the new Sandler books, the uh, Sandler Success Principles. This is 11 Insights. I hope you haven't read that one yet. I think we have, but that's okay because this can go in our library. Okay. Thank you. Thanks again for uh, being with us. Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.